Hi there. Um, thanks for uh, tuning back in to my next episode. I know where we left off um, was when uh, my ex-nart got found out that he was uh, with this other woman from the PI. Um, and I told him to leave. That's where we left off. So after I told him to leave, he ended up staying at his friend, see Money's house, and and this other woman, Mel. Um, that the PIs, uh, found him with. So he was going back and forth between those two and I went and I filed for divorce immediately without hesitation. So when all that was going on to be nice and understanding and, um, accommodating, I would let my ex come back to the house. Like, you know, I'd let him come back and stay you know, like on a Friday night or a Saturday night, um, and I would leave. I would leave, and I would go and stay at my sister's and let him come and stay that time so that he could have that quality time with our son. I didn't want to be around him. Um, I didn't want to be anywhere near him, actually, because I didn't want to give him any chance to try to gaslight me, guilt me, manipulate me like he always had. Um, but I also did it for my son so that my son could spend that time with his father. So I was trying to, you know, be workable and accommodating. And I didn't want my son to have to be pulled out of his environment where he felt safe. So, uh, little did I know though, that when I would do this, he would have women, women come over in the middle of the night after he would put our son to sleep. Um, so yeah, he would have women come over or come to the house after our son was asleep. So that's some great parenting Right there, some great parenting, some really good quality time with your son. I don't care if he's sleeping. So, yeah, so I had women coming in and out of my home. I was actually told this um, by one of the women. And she had also told me that he had a special code with her. So my ex had this code that if his truck was parked on the street, you know, near the curb in front of the house. And that meant that uh, I wasn't there and he was there alone. But if his car or his truck was parked in the driveway, then that meant that I was there. So she had told me that she had driven by one day and his car was parked on the curb and that it wasn't meant for her. So obviously it was meant for another woman. Now, I didn't know any of this was going on until after everything was over or else I would have never been so nice and accommodating and actually leave my son at home with this man while he's bringing women into our home. And at this point, I still don't even know completely what he exposed my son to. And now that's my cross to bear because I do feel guilty uh, for leaving my son alone with him at all. I thought I was doing the right thing. 
you know, to let them have that father-son time together. But really, in all actuality, now that I look back on it, it didn't mean anything to him. Um, you know, when I say I don't fully know what he exposed our son to, I say that because this was way after the fact um, and when my ex was in jail because eventually he did get arrested for assaulting me and was incarcerated for a while, for about six months before he went into federal custody and was deported um, back to Europe. But this is the thing. One day, my mom, uh, Liam's grandma, was here watching him for me while I was working. And uh, she said that Liam had come down from his bath and was naked. And she was like, he's eight years old at this time. And she was like, Liam, put some clothes on. You know, you need to put some underwears on. And he was like, why, Grandma? Don't you want to see my beautiful penis? Don't you want to kiss it? Put it in your mouth? And she was like, what? Um, she said she didn't know what to think. I mean, obviously it was shocking to her. And she just told Liam to go upstairs and put some clothes on. And she called my sister. You know, I was telling her, I know Carla's gone through so much right now. And she's got so much on her plate. And I just, I don't even know how to bring this up to her. Or why Liam would even say this. Where did he hear this? What's happened? You know, of course, her mind is going. My sister's mind is going. You know, my sister's like, don't worry, I'll, I'll talk to Carla about it. And she did. She told me what had happened. And of course, I'm upset. I'm thinking the worst. I'm thinking everything. I'm thinking, was he molested? I'm thinking, did somebody touch him? Um, so my mind's going in a hundred different directions. And I sit down with Liam and have a long talk with him. And it comes out that he heard his father talking to another lady in his truck when he was in the back seat, meaning in it, it was through the speaker phone in the car and through the Bluetooth. And he heard his dad talking to some woman this way. So he was repeating. Um, just to be on the safe side, you know, I took, I took my son to see my therapist and she sat and talked with him in depth, you know, just making sure there, you know, hopefully was there, you know, no signs of sexual abuse. Um, she doesn't think so. We don't think so now after everything that's come out, but because she was a professional and a counselor, she has to report anything like this, any, even if it remotely could possibly be abuse. So she had to report it. I was okay with it because I know I didn't do anything wrong. And the next thing I know, I have some social workers coming out, um, CPS and wanting to interview me. And then they interviewed Liam. They went through my entire home just to make sure he was in a safe environment. And they, they knew that he was. And uh, one of the CPS 
um, workers told me, you are doing a phenomenal job. Knowing everything you guys just went through and his father is in custody, you are doing an amazing job. Um, but they did tell me they were going to go in and into the jail and talk to his dad. Um, I don't know if that ever happened, but you know, thank goodness that nothing happened to my son like that, but I still don't know exactly, you know, what he was exposed to, if anything. Um, so, you know, that's, that's some guilt that I carry, you know, like I said, I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, I just didn't want Liam to be the victim out of all of this. Um, so, you know, with his dad, it was all about show. You know, he had to carry on the show, carry on the facade of what a wonderful, amazing father he is. Um, he had even asked the neighbor who he was messing around with at one point if she would, uh, actually videotape him one day picking up our son from school and that he would be all dramatic and throw his arms up in the air and and run up to our son and catch him and be like monkey and give him a big old hug like everybody look at me and just make a big spectacle over it just in case he needed it for court to show what a great father he is ultimately um she thought he was fake and she wouldn't do it um so this entire time you know, we're playing this game where one weekend he's at the home staying with our son um, while I'm at my sister's house. You know, the next weekend I'm at the house. It's just back and forth. And, uh, you know, I I stayed at the house the entire week um, and I would just leave like one or two nights so that he had that time at the house with our son. And it's so funny because the time that he had to spend with our son, he's still carrying on the charade. He's still carrying on talking to these women, texting and me now. So all the while, you know, he's with our son, taking him to Disneyland, going here and there. He's texting me and sending me pictures of him and our son at Disneyland um, them having dinner and just telling me, look at your boys, look at your, your family. We miss you so much. Um, now, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm just like feeling really sad. Now I'm feeling sad and guilty. Like I'm the one because I don't want this marriage. Um, so now can you say manipulating and crazy making and guilting? He was doing all of this to me. And he's literally now trying to love bomb me all over again. Telling me how much he misses me and telling me how good I look. He's sending me pictures of himself. He starts staying later at our house when he comes by. He starts making me and our son dinner you know, just weaseling his way in. 
then eventually he starts asking me if it's okay if he just stays with us and has dinner with all of us, that we could sit at the table and have dinner together as a family, that it would be good for Liam to see us together. You have no idea the amount of pain and confusion I was in. You know, of course, I loved my husband and I so desperately wanted that family unit. And he knew that and he played me with it. He played it against me. He knew I wanted a family unit. He knew family meant everything to me. (laughs) So, you know, the failure of all of this in this family unit, in this marriage was very heartbreaking to me. Um, and then he goes in and wants to talk about me filing for divorce. And am I sure that this is what I want? Um, then he tells me that he didn't like some of the wording that was in the divorce paperwork, meaning the word, the wording about custody issues, because in the paperwork I filed, I said joint custody but with me, primary physical care. Um, but he just, he didn't like that. Just something about him, about it. He didn't like it. He felt like somehow I was gonna, you know, railroad him and take our son. So, you know, he literally forced me to go down to the courthouse and pull those divorce papers to have it reworded in a way that made him feel more comfortable about it. So he drives me there. Um, We get out of his truck and he grabs my hand and walks me into the courthouse, straight to the court clerk window. So at this point, we're both standing there in front of the court clerk and she pulls the paperwork out for us to look it over. And then he turns to me and grabs both of my hands and asks me, to please, please pull the papers to not file for divorce, that he loves me and our little family and that he's so, so sorry to please just give him another chance to give him 30 days. Just give me 30 days and you'll see the changes in me and let's go to marriage counseling and let's make this work. And Of course, he's doing all of this in front of the court clerk while she's looking at us both, listening to all of this. I didn't know what to say. I was so confused. You know, my heart was heavy. And next thing I know, he grabs the papers and tells the court clerk that we're not filing. And we left. I don't even know what happened. (laughs) I'm like, what just happened? But okay, I'm used to you controlling everything anyway. So, so here we go. So we decided to go to counseling. But in the meantime, until I was sure I didn't want him moving back home. So, you know, we're going to counseling and he's still continuing the charade with the neighbor who remember, I didn't even know about her yet. And this Mel, Mel, Um, so I figured out later on, uh, when we would leave our marriage counseling sessions that he would go and meet up with Mel. 
So I'm sitting here working on our marriage and he's continuing his shenanigans. And during this time, he slowly weasels his way back into the home and starts staying the night. And then one night turns into two nights, then three nights, then it's just every night. And then I'm asking him, why aren't you going back to see monies? You know, why don't you just go back there? Um, then he starts getting angry at me and says, this is his house too. And he shouldn't have to leave. And if we're working on things, he should be there. But I wasn't ready for that. I was not happy about that at all. But I felt like I had no choice. So here we are. Now, February approaches. And we decide to go out for Valentine's Day. So he tells me he's going to run to the mall. That he wants to get me a gift which he did, but I found out later that he also went to Mel's house and took her over a little something, too, for Valentine's Day. Now, at this point, I have no idea what's going through this woman's mind. Like, does she even know that he's over here love-bombing me and trying to be with me and trying to work on our marriage? Um, doesn't she even wonder like why he's not taking her out for Valentine's day? I mean, I know I would wonder, I mean, doesn't she wonder where he's at? Cause I know if my man wasn't around for Valentine's day, taking me out somewhere, there'd be a problem, you know, but you know, I just soon found out that this woman was completely manipulated by him. And, you know, back to the Valentine's Day dinner, that was, uh, that was not nice or fun at all because he would switch back and forth, like be really nice and love bomb me and then just be very passive aggressive and mean and tear me down. Um, so we actually started having a really great night. We go out for sushi and then it starts to turn. And it starts to turn very ugly. And he starts going on telling me about his past relationships and about his past sexcapades and how this woman could orgasm like every 30 seconds and this one squirted everywhere and this one did this and that. And he's very explicit and in detail and telling me these things. And I, I don't want to know any of this. Um, so yeah, that took a turn real fast, but, um, yeah, it wasn't such a great Valentine's day. Um, but you know, back to this other woman, back to Mel. So I soon realized that she's completely manipulated by him. Cause I remember one day he told me straight out. Yeah. I know Mel's not the prettiest thing, but not everyone can be as beautiful as you, Carla. Then he's, you know, very just, just very, what's the word? Sarcastic and just nasty. And then he tells me, he's like, Carla, you seriously think I'm going to end up with that? She's the one that's going to get shredded in the end of all of this. 
he straight out told me that. And I thought like that was a horrible thing to say about, about someone and especially someone you're being with. So I told him I should, I should call Mel up right now and tell her what you just said about her. And he comes right up into my face and tells me, go right ahead because she won't believe you anyways because she wants to believe me. And wow, it was just, ooh, so conniving, you know, and, but he was right. He was right. Mel certainly wanted to believe everything he told her because I tried talking to her. I tried telling her, you know, and, and she was horrible to me this entire time. You know, he and I are supposed to be working on our marriage, but I just knew something wasn't right. I knew he was still up to something and it just didn't feel right in my gut. Um, you know, one evening he tells me he's going to go over to his friend M let's say M it's not Mel. Um, but he goes over to his friend M's house to work on, um, one of their many fly by night grandiose ideas of yet another business that never works out. Um, but I'm telling you if he would have used all the thought out scheming and plotting and conning that he was so good at doing and just redirected it into a healthy way, like really working on a business plan and planning out a business, I think he may have actually might have been successful at something, not just criminal and being scum and a con man and a gypsy, a Hungarian gypsy. Um, but yeah. He's a Hungarian gypsy. I found out about these Romanian gypsies and Hungarian gypsies. And they're real. I wish I would have known prior. Um, but it, it is real. It is a real thing out there. Um, but anyways, off track. So, But instead, you know, he enjoyed conning and manipulating people. He loved being in criminal element. He really loved people thinking that he was like mafia. He was so delusional, I swear. His entire life is from movies he relives in his head over and over again. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm getting off track again. So, you know, anyway, so I had this feeling that something wasn't right, that he wasn't telling me the truth. Um, yeah, shocker, not telling me the truth. This guy didn't even know what the truth was. But so I'm at home with our son. I'm making us dinner. And so after dinner, I decide to pay some bills. So I'm online paying bills. I'm looking up the bank account online and I see recent transactions on his card. So one stop was at a Costco. The next stop was at a Stater Brothers Market. And this particular Stater Brothers just happens to be in the same neighborhood and right next to this woman Mel's house. It wasn't anywhere near his friend M's house that he was supposed to be at. So I, so I know what's going on. 
you know, I'm sitting here debating, do I go over there? Do I surprise him? You know, because we actually had our next marriage counseling session that very next morning. So my mind is just spinning because I know he's over there. And let's not all forget, he manipulated and coerced me into pulling the divorce papers. Actually, he pulled the divorce papers that I filed. He begged me, loved bombed me into giving him another chance to save our marriage just 30 days. So it's my fault. <clears throat> I let him, I let him manipulate me and suck me back into this toxic cesspool. But here he is, you know, he's continuing this crap and this behavior. And I'm just thinking, are you kidding me? But deep down, I know this is my bad. This is my bad. I'm letting him control the situation. You know, I'm letting him have his cake and eat it too. I need to take control of my life and myself and move on. You know, I'm just, my head's just spinning. I'm thinking I'm so stupid. You know, what the hell am I saving at this point? This marriage is so beyond salvageable. It's already dead and buried and I'm just trying to resurrect what? The devil? <laughs> because I know he certainly had something evil attached to him. So I'm sure you can all imagine in your minds as I'm telling you my story and telling you about this moment. I'm sure you can imagine all the thoughts that are going through my head. You know, it seemed like an hour with this back and forth. What do I do? Do I go? Do I stay? What do I do? You know, I know in my heart that if I don't go, he would deny, deny, deny. He would deny everything ever being there. And, and his people would just back him up. And I would look like the crazy one. You know, he would just gaslight me and tell me how crazy I am. And then he would even switch it around and guilt me for accusing him of doing anything. This guy would never admit unless I literally catch him in the act. So I'm thinking this is my only shot. I have to do this. This is my closure. This is my questions being answered. My heart is pounding. My palms are sweaty. I feel so sick to my stomach. I want to throw up. My anxiety is just going through the roof. So I make that dreadful decision and I go. Unfortunately, my bad because I had to take my son with me. It was so last minute. I had no one to stay with him, you know, and I will always regret that decision to this day, but I've just felt like I had to do this now or never, you know, so that I could have be done and just move on, you know. So, you know, we go over there to my shock and surprise. And everyone, please forgive me for even saying this, but you'll know why I'm telling you this in just a minute. Because this woman, Mel lives in a horrible ghetto area in town. I was like in shock when I pulled up to her house. Her home was very unkept. It was not 
uh, it was not very pleasant at all. Now, I'm adding this part because if you knew my ex-narc, you would get why. Because he was so all about appearances and show and what people think of you and and having to have the best of the best. If he couldn't have the best, then he didn't want it. Um, he would not set one foot inside of a Walmart. I'm not kidding. That was so beneath him. I could barely get him to go into a Target. So now you know why I brought this up. Because this was so shocking to me. It, I just was like, wow. That he was even somewhere like this. <clears throat> so I pull up. And there's like eight kids playing basketball in the driveway. And the garage door is open. Um, my ex-husband's truck is parked right there in front of our house by the curb. So I pull up and park behind his truck. As soon as I get out of my car, all the kids scattered and just took off fast. And some went inside the house. Some went up the street. It was insane. Um, I almost feel like I don't even I don't even remember all of it. It feels like it feels like it wasn't even me, but sadly it was. So, you know, since the garage door was open, I just walked through there and then I went to knock on the door. And before I could even knock, this woman opens the door so abruptly, so fast and says to me and in a Chola accent. So sorry, people, I can't help myself. I got to do this because this is another thing that my ex would totally talk trash on. And that's why I'm like, I was even in shock when I heard her talk. (laughs) I was like, what? I just, my mouth just opened. But she was like, oh my God, Carla, I can't believe you would come here with Liam. Sorry, people. So now, mind you, I have never actually met this woman ever. And as far as I knew, neither neither did my son. So for her to even say this to me and call me by name and my son's name, oh, that shocked me. I was just like, well, what? I just got slapped. So... You know, I told her I wasn't there to start any trouble. I was, you know, I kept my composure. I kept my grace. I was kind. And I just said, look, I am not here to cause any trouble at all. I just need answers so that I can move on with my life. I told her, I said, you know, he keeps lying to me. He's begging me to work on our marriage. He had me pull the divorce papers and we actually have a marriage counseling session tomorrow morning. And, you know, I was heartfelt and like woman to woman, like talk to me. And she just readily just attacked me. She just verbally attacked me and went off on me. She got all up in my face and I was like, I, I asked her straight out, like, what is wrong with you? 
you know, and for, you know, her going off on me about what a horrible mother I am to come here with my son. And I said, really? And what kind of mother are you? You have a married man inside your home, you know, and I told her, I said, you don't even know me. You don't know me. And she's like, going off on me and telling me, oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. I know you. And I'm like, really, you know me. I said, why? Because of what he tells you? I said, he's a liar. And this entire time that we're going at it and she's up in my face, it probably only lasted like five minutes of that. But it it seemed a lot longer. But this entire time, my ex is just staying inside of her house and hides. But I know, now that I know him, I know he was loving this. He loved it. He wanted to tear me apart. He was so vengeful. And I know he enjoyed seeing the pain that I was in, the agony. I know he enjoyed it. He enjoyed every little bit. And he enjoyed this woman coming after me and verbally assaulting me. You know, he was he was vengeful and he was upset that I had filed for divorce on him. Cause it's like, how dare you? How dare you try to leave me and file for a divorce? Because you don't leave a narcissist. They leave you. So this was all his game. This was all his game. And this woman, Mel was just another one of his puppets in his game. She didn't know that, but I knew it. And we were all just pieces in his sick game to stroke his ego and make him feel important because he's insecure and he has no self-worth. You know, even his own son was a game. Even his own son was a piece to the game, just like his previous son. You know, He used to use our son against me all the time if I talked about divorce. So, you know, so the next thing I know, here we are. This woman's verbally attacking me in her garage. And he eventually walks out. And he says the same thing to me. He's like, Carla, what are you doing here? I'm like, what am I doing here? What are you doing here? I thought you were at your friend's house working on a business plan. So I'm here because I need answers so that I can move on with my life and stop this game. You know, we have a freaking marriage counseling appointment tomorrow morning and you're here. What is wrong with you? So he was in there. He was actually in this woman's home making her and her kids dinner with the groceries that he bought at Costco and Stater Brothers with our money. This, to me, this was just all so sick. And then, you know, he tells her to go inside her house. He walks my son and I to my car. And I'm so distraught and so confused that I can't even remember what was all said. Or else I'd tell you guys. (laughs) All I know is that he was saying he was going to come back to the house. So without even thinking, I... I didn't think, and this was my bad too. And another thing I'm still carrying guilt for, 
besides taking my son there, um, I ended up going ahead and leaving my son with him for him to bring him home because I was so upset. And I got in my car and I drove away. I just went around the corner and then I snapped out of it by the grace of God. And I was like, what am I doing? So I turned back around and I rushed back to that house to get my son. And I'm just thinking, I'm so stupid. Why did I leave my son there? I just, I'm so stupid. I just, I will always carry guilt for taking my son to this woman's house and regret. And if I can stop any one of you women or men listening to this, if at all possible, don't do that. Because look at it, it's been four and a half years and I still feel guilty for that. You know, because when I got back to that house, it wasn't even, I wasn't even gone three minutes. And he had taken my son inside this woman's house. So I stood outside of her house and I called him and I said, please bring Liam to me. I'm here. I'm back. I wasn't thinking, please bring him here to me so I can take him home. And then my ex-narc just went off on me, you know, telling me what a horrible mother I was and to just go home. And that he'll bring him home. I was so upset with myself all the way home. I called my sister and I told her what had happened. And she was very upset too, you know. But what's done is done. You know, I just got home and had so much regret. And then a few minutes later... My ex pulls up and he has our son and, you know, I just grabbed my son and I told him how sorry I was. My poor baby boy, I'm so sorry. Mommy wasn't thinking, you know, and he just told me to never leave him at that lady's house again. And I said, never, you know, and then he went to sleep and. I was so upset that I was in the bathroom throwing up and my ex-narc walks into the bathroom and he starts rubbing my back as I'm vomiting and just telling me, oh, you must really love me, don't you? It was just sick. It was evil. And then he proceeds to tell me that he's not really that into Mel but that he likes the way she makes him feel. That she makes him feel like a god. Like, she, he loved bomb her. He manipulated her. He did everything that they, that these narcissists do in the beginning of a relationship to get you. And he loved that she put him on a pedestal and she believed everything he said. He loved that she didn't question him at all. That she didn't question one thing that he did. And I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? You know, why continue to drag me through this? I already filed for divorce once. Why, why did you make me pull it? You know, and he just, he tells me, 
that because he wants to make her marriage work. That he still loves me. But I'm sitting here like confused and I'm like, this is just all crazy making me. And here we are back in this hole. Here I am back in this hole, in this rabbit hole. And I'm, I told him to just go, that I was done, that I can't do this anymore. And so he did pack, he did pack, pack up some stuff and left that night. Um, but there's more. And I've already taken a lot of your time. So I'm just dragging on and we're going to get back to this next week. And I'm going to go into what happened after all this and then me filing for divorce again. But this time I didn't let him manipulate me into pulling anything. I went full force and forward and that's when... It really got bad. Like it could get any worse, right? <laughs> but no, it really got bad. Um, so we'll continue next week. Uh, thank you for listening. And please reach out. Send me a message. Send me a voice message here on Anchor Podcast. Um, I'd love to hear from you. I like hearing your feedback. And I love hearing your stories as well. So just know you're not the only one. Anyways, you guys all have a great, great day. Thank you.